This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Hope you guys are all doing well on this fine Thursday when this episode is dropping in the spirit of this podcast being my spoken diary. At the end of the day, no matter what I talk about, it all leads back to what's going on in my current life. That's always how it's been. And I feel like with all of my channels, it's all very current. It's all very like just, you know, everything that happens to me, I talk about in some way, shape or form. There's some things I obviously don't share, but for the most part, I feel like I'm constantly just documenting my life in the given moment of time. And in the spirit of that, I want to talk today about this really cool thing that's happening. I am going on my very first bachelorette party. And anyone who's listening who's been on like a gazillion bachelorette parties is probably sitting there rolling their eyes thinking, oh God, Katie, gear up, buck up. You're entering that phase of your life. But it's exciting because, you know, I started out on the internet. I kind of think of my life as starting when I began my internet footprint, just because that's really when a lot of things started happening in my life because I was around 14, 15 years old. So I feel like that's when things start happening to you or just life milestones and events because you're getting to be a certain age where you can make choices for yourself. You can make your own friends. You're kind of getting out of what your parents have kind of set up for you or what was just happening to you. You start kind of happening to your life, if that makes sense. But It's crazy. I was a teenager. I was in high school or middle school, then high school, then college. And now I'm getting to, I'm graduating to the time of life where my friends are getting married. People are making lifelong commitments to other people. Maybe I'm not doing that. Maybe I'm not at the moment, but my friends are. So it's very exciting. It's cool. And if you're also in that phase of life, I feel like at this point, what am I, like 26, turning 27, and actually yesterday, as I'm recording this, was exactly a month out. Like I'm exactly one month away from my 27th birthday, but I'm getting to the point where I'm closer to 30 than I am 20, which is terrifying, but also it means that I'm getting to be in this like next chapter of sorts where it feels like things are really changing. Even if I look at my life right now and I'm like, yeah, you know, nothing huge has really happened in the past year, but I just, I have this like weird creeping feeling in my chest that things are about to change and it's good. It's scary. It makes you question your own life. And 
You know, what I always come back to is thinking that the cast of Sex and the City, when <laughs> Sex and the City, I always go back to this. I always reference it in my life because, you know, I live in New York and I have looked up to that show for my entire life. And those women were in their 30s trying to find love. So I'm not putting any stress on myself, any pressure. I think the pressure is going to come and I'm going to feel it. But I think that's natural and it's normal to feel that way. And you might feel a little bit sad when you go on bachelorette parties or you think about your friends getting married and things changing in that way, your friendships changing. I've made a whole episode on friendships changing. But I'm trying to view it as a positive thing. I'm excited for my friends. And I think reminding yourself how happy and great it is for someone else, like that energy will come back to you. I really do think if you put out that positive, happy, I'm so happy for you and I'm excited for this next chapter for someone else, like eventually it will happen to you. You will have your time. That's what I always remind myself, but I'm very excited. It's funny looking back though, like I said earlier about this being a virtual diary and I'm always just talking about my life, like starting out, I was in middle school and then high school and Actually, in this time period, middle school, high school is when I met the girl that I'm going on the bachelorette party for this weekend, Sarah Bell. If you guys are an OG YouTube person, follower, or creator of sorts, like you guys remember Sarah Bell. She was the preppy queen, and I always just wanted to be her friend when I watched her YouTube videos, and eventually we did become friends, and I love when that happens. It's so cool when you started out looking up to someone and they end up being your friend. I mean, we're not even that many years apart, but for some reason she just had this like cool girl energy making YouTube videos. And I remember like commenting on her videos thinking she's never going to know who I am. This is back when I was, I don't know, 16, 17, 18. And we eventually met up and I went out to LA when she was living out there with Caitlin, who's also going on the party. But I don't know, is it going on or going to? I always say going on a bachelorette. It's like to a bachelorette, right? I don't even know. It's my first one, as you guys can tell. But I remember going out to their apartment in LA and thinking, these girls are doing everything that I want to do. They were always just kind of one step ahead of me, which is, but it's like the best thing ever because I've learned from them so much. But it was that time when I met Sarah and now, you know, went to college, went through that, moved to New York City, and now I'm going to her bachelorette party. It's just time. It's just a crazy thing, but I'm so excited um, to tell you guys a little bit about what it's going to be. I'm going to reflect on it next week, but we're going to Vegas. Of course, every person needs to experience Vegas at least once in their life to fully know. I mean, you could watch any movie, listen to any song about Vegas and get kind of a gist, but my first time I ever went, I was 21 and it was my friend Jillian's 21st birthday. I had been 21 like for a few months longer than her. And I do remember distinctly there were some of our friends that couldn't come because I think the both of us are a little bit older for our grade. So a bunch of our friends couldn't even come because we were like, what's the point of going to Vegas if you're not 21? It's just a lot harder for you, I think, to enjoy all that there is to offer. But we stayed at the MGM which is a, a huge hotel casino chain in Vegas. We actually went with her entire family and it was the funniest. Like we stayed in this suite with her family. Like her family, I think, was more excited about Vegas than we even were because they knew more about it and they were just, they'd been there a million times over. So they planned our whole weekend. It was really cool going for the first time with a family because I felt like we could have fun and we we definitely did. We like went clubbing. We did the whole thing. Went to the casinos, went to the foam parties, which I definitely like regret. I mean, okay, I don't regret anything because it was a, a rite of passage of sorts, but it was definitely a very um, 
rough around the edges time. My first time there, I was so hungover in that airport, but it was really fun. And and you also felt kind of safe because you're with the family. So if you're going for the first time and there's an opportunity to go with like a few family members that are cool and that can hang, highly recommend it. But that was my first time going. Then I went more recently with my sister for her 21st or maybe... It wasn't her birthday, but it was like around the time. So it was her first experience there too. And it was cool seeing it through her eyes. And we did all the things. And now I believe, yeah, it's my third time going. Third time going for a bachelorette. It just makes sense. It's the perfect progression of me being 21, my little sister being 21. And now I'm going with a bunch of girls, all of us in our later 20s, just about to have a time. And it's going to be great. Sarah just I know that she's planned an amazing time. It's her Caitlin's done some planning as well because it's Caitlin's her maid of honor. But I think it's like 12 of us going. And I'm not going to tell you like too many specifics of our plans just for obviously safety and everything. But I have some epic outfits planned, lots of sparkles, lots of fun elements to my outfits. I'm only going for two days, three days, two. Wait, I'm going three days, two nights, which is actually, I think, the perfect amount of time to be in Vegas. And we have a lot planned. So it's just going to be a whirlwind and so fun. And I just, I can't wait to be there. But I wanted to talk today in this episode, I wanted to use this whole episode to talk about bachelorette parties, the history, where the heck did these things come from? And I want to talk about like my thoughts on the concept of it and how it might make you feel and just like really everything. Like this is just me word vomiting, talking to you guys about bachelorette parties as this is about to be my first one. So if you are sitting there and you haven't been on one or you have, or you're about to have one, or you just want to know anything about it, like this is good to just listen to. Or if you just don't even care, but you just want to listen to something, just, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here for you in that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so this is my first one. I know that I have a couple of friends that just got engaged, so I'll probably be going on more. But it's always interesting to me, the concept of a bachelorette party, like who gets invited? Because for a while, I always thought that it was only your bridal party. You only invite your bridesmaids. But I've since learned that's not always a thing. Like you can fully invite people to your bachelorette party that aren't in your bridal party and there's like no hard feelings. It's not like, oh, you're invited to my bachelorette party, but you're not in my bridal party. Like you're great enough, you're fun enough to be invited to my bachelorette, but you're not a bridesmaid. And I also learned recently, like this is just me learning things because I'm so new to like a bunch of my friends are engaged now, but for so long I thought to myself, I'm like, Talking to my parents, my parents' generation, it seemed like people got married and engaged way, like kind of like mid-20s, early 20s. Now it's obviously shifting to being late 20s, early 30s. And I'm saying this like totally just generalizing. I also live in New York City, so things are different here. And I've always known that. We actually just talked about this on my other podcast last night about how it's pretty typical and 
going back to the sex in the city of it all, like, you know, your 30s is also like there's no pressure anymore. Thank God. Or there shouldn't be. Maybe some people feel it. I don't feel as much pressure to get married. I do. Obviously, you guys know, feel a certain pressure to be in a relationship, but that's because I want that so badly for myself. It's not that I even need to be engaged or married anytime soon. I just kind of want to know that there's someone out there that would commit to me even just for a relationship like that would be nice but that's a whole that's an episode for another time or I feel like it's an episode that I've already done anyway but I was actually listening to this episode on wedding etiquette bachelorette etiquette like wedding in general the whole everything of it etiquette by we met at acme Lindsay Metzlar, she does an amazing job. She has this one episode, which really answered a lot of my questions because when you're starting to get invited to weddings and stuff, there's just all these unspoken rules that I just didn't even know existed. And I get really nervous because I don't want to do the wrong thing, you know? Like how much should you give the bride and groom? Or like, there's just so many things you don't know. How much should the gift cost? Or like, what do you wear? Like what is totally not okay to wear besides white? Obviously, I think people mostly know that typically brides would not appreciate if you wear white to their wedding. But I also learned some other things about just certain colors and things that like just things that I would never know because I haven't been to a lot of weddings. So definitely listen to her episode because she also mentioned on that episode that if you get invited to a bachelorette party, you don't have to go. Like if you have reasons why you can't go either, it's very expensive a lot of times to go to a bachelorette party. There's the travel, there's the outfits, there's just all that involved. And that can be expensive for someone. Or if you just don't really know a person that well and they invite you and that's a whole weekend of your life. And weddings also, it's a whole weekend. Like if all of my friends start getting engaged at the same time and all the weddings are like I feel like my whole social life, my whole, all of my weekends are just going to be weddings at some point, which is a great thing because it means I have a lot of really awesome friends who are taking another step in their life. But it's also like, oh my God, I have a wedding every weekend. And that's my life now. Like I have to go to a wedding every weekend. I can't just chill at home or go to a bar on and day drink on a Saturday. I have to go to a wedding. So there's so much that just comes out when you start to get into this period of life. And I feel like I'm in it now. Everyone, I'm in it. So I'm going to tell you every step of the way, all the things that I learned. But this episode here today is all about the bachelorette party. Where did it come from? And all of my random thoughts on the bachelorette party and how it came to be. And the story is actually really interesting because I feel like a lot of us know or just kind of based on how history has gone, that the bachelorette party came from bachelor parties. Obviously, the you know, bachelor parties came first. Many things that men used to do <laughs> came first, and it gave way to women doing these things and having fun. And I'm obviously using men, women, but it can be anyone doing any of these things, as you guys know. But history speaks, and that's what it says. So today I'm going to talk about the origin And there's a lot of interesting little tidbits in there. The origin of the bachelorette party. Where the heck did it come from? Because I can't go on my first bachelorette without knowing where it came from. That's just me. You guys know me now. You know I just need to know the why of everything. So let's take a little stroll through the very humble beginnings of bachelor and bachelorette parties. The humble, dirty beginnings. Let's take a stroll down memory lane. So first we're landing in 5th century BC and the Spartans they would hold these parties for their to-be-wed friends, the men, obviously, consisting of dinner and a toast. And the soon-to-be-wed man would pledge at these dinners, like I'm picturing a lot of uh, beer and huge rotisserie chickens on this like long table. That's just what I picture when I picture this time period and the Spartans and all these men, hairy men, (laughs) and they're with this man who's about to be married and 
during these things, I'm reading online that they would pledge their continued loyalty to their brothers, their brothers in arms. So they're at these dinners. They're celebrating this guy who's about to be married. And they're like, but don't worry. I still got my bros. Like they're, <laughs> they're having a toast for their brother. But at these dinners and toasts, they would talk about their loyalty to their brothers, which is so interesting to me. Like sounds more of a like a bromance to me, bromance night, but seems chill enough. So that is where the bachelor party kind of began the concept of people getting together to celebrate this guy who's about to be married. But it was in the 14th century when the term bachelor first comes into popular use as describing an unmarried man, thanks to Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, which we've probably heard of. So that was when the word bachelor began being used in a party context. But let's fast forward to 1896. This is when things get interesting and a little bit scandalous. Things are heating up. So this party called a stag party, stag and hen, stag do, hen do, these are popular terms, you know, over in Europe. Stag meaning just men, men together. A stag, anything was just like all guys. Hen meaning women, women all together. Like those are those words meanings. A stag party was thrown by Herbert Barnum Seeley for his brother. And you might recognize the Barnum in that name as being P.T. Barnum, circus entrepreneur who created the greatest show on earth. So the grandson of P.T. Barnum, Herbert, through this huge send-off stag bash for his brother here in Manhattan at this place called Sherry's on Fifth Avenue, which I believe is a restaurant or was a restaurant. So this was one of the first bachelor parties of note because it was absolutely wild. It featured a 17-course dinner, music and drinking, and of course, scantily clad women dancers that would hand out gifts to each of the guests. So Herbert Barnum Seeley, he drew up this list, this guest list, all men from the who's who of young society, which we can be reminded of a previous episode I did on the 400 list of the Gilded Age. So it was during this time. So it was just the who's who of Manhattan, all these men, and they went to this place to celebrate the send off of Herbert's brother. But there were belly dancers, a lot of questionable activity, and the evening got broken up at 1.30 in the morning after police got wind of the exotic naked dancers. The party also actually ended up costing Herbert his marriage. I was reading about this. It's interesting. So Herbert, he was the guy that threw the party for the brother, and he actually got divorced because of it. His wife was appalled because word traveled, and it was just, it was a night to remember for many people. So let's carry on with the history. So it was 1922 when the term bachelor party was used for the very first time in the Scottish publication Chambers Journal of Literature, Science, and Arts. <laughs> Literature, Science, and Arts. It's just funny that that was like the first time it was put into print was in this like very official journal. And that is where we are for a while in history. Bachelors being bachelors, stag parties, and the lot, hall passes, strippers, drinking the night away, all for the men. And eventually, brides-to-be and their friends found themselves a bit of fun. I mean, they were always gathering. Women were always gathering. Hen parties, which we'll get into. In the UK and other parts of the world, women hosted these gatherings called hen parties. They typically involved tea and chatting, and they weren't just reserved to being bridal celebrations. Famously, actually, over here in the US, Eleanor Roosevelt hosted a hen party for wives of the cabinet members and the ladies of press during Christmas time. And this was a famous thing that she did. Eleanor Roosevelt 
holding parties. Like she's an icon. And they weren't called bachelorette parties yet at this time, but there were gatherings to be had during this time. In the bridal realm, it became customary for women to have bridal showers, which people still do. Obviously, this became a popular tradition. And bridal showers actually came to be the first known bridal showers that I could find were in Holland. And the reason for this, they actually were looking for an alternative to the dowry system, kind of simplified things, made things cheaper, I guess, if you think about it, like the dowry that women used to have and men would marry into families and expect money from their wives' side of the family. But now they're all getting together and they're, you know, going around and sitting in the living room, unwrapping gifts for the home. Obviously, things were probably different in 16th century Holland, but, you know, they were preparing themselves to be loyal housewives and loving wives. And that's really what they were doing. If you think about it, though, it kind of makes sense, at least in like the 40s and 50s, at least here in the US, that women were I don't want to say stuck, but kind of stuck with just the bridal shower was the only option, really. Like, it wasn't as acceptable for them to go out and hit the town and strippers and all that, like, in the 40s and 50s. Because at this time, brides-to-be were expected to be virgins, right? So why would they need to have this, like, wild party celebrating their last night of freedom, like, their last night of sexual freedom? Like, why would they need penis straws and inappropriate party favors and strippers? Like, it just wouldn't make sense, though – I don't even know if they would want that at the time. Like, it might just be too scandalous and too talked about to even make them happier, right? Like, I don't know. But luckily for us, the degree of fun to be had prior to a wedding began to change as the world began to change. By the 60s, we've talked about this. I did a whole episode on the birth control pill. This was the time when the sexual revolution and just women feeling more liberated and more free was in full swing. The birth control pill became a thing, making it so much easier for women to just be comfortable in their sexuality, to have sex without having to make such a firm, strong commitment to one person. Women entered the labor force in greater numbers, which really screwed with the whole housewife ideal. And like that was all they were set out to be. Less of a need for so many household items that like one would get at a shower. Bridal showers were graduating, you know, becoming a bit more fun, though the term bachelorette party wouldn't become popular until the 80s. So now we have been strolling through time from the Spartans to now. We are now in 1981. And this was the very first time, the first notable usage of the phrase bachelorette party appearing in print in a New York Times article about, at the time, the New York governor, Hugh Carey's remarriage and his wife-to-be's pre-wedding celebration at the 21 Club, which was a notorious star-studded club here in the city. So the article was talking about the union and going through the day of this woman who was getting married, her name Evangeline Goyetas. And it says this, it says, finally, Miss Goyetas herself came in wearing a beige Gucci suit, pale lizard pumps, white bill blast sunglasses, and false eyelashes. Like that's how they're describing this woman. She sounds iconic, honestly. The governor, she said, would not be able to make it because she's at this like dress fitting and she had exactly two minutes for her fitting and to inspect the gowns before her bachelorette party at 21. And it's interesting because in this article, it quotes bachelorette party in like quotation marks. Like it wasn't a known or like a well used in, in print concept, I guess, which is interesting. It's the 80s. Like, I don't know. I need to talk to someone who was alive at this time. Like I obviously wasn't even a thought in my parents' mind at this point, but bachelorette party in quotes at 21 
And the party was to have Mrs. Edward Carey, who is her sister-in-law, and the Carey girls. Like, oh, to be a Carey girl. Like, I think it's just honestly like her family members or her family members to be any other relatives. Like, maybe not her girlfriends at the time, but something that I found interesting. So this woman, Evangeline, who was getting married, and this was her, I believe, second marriage. She's 44 years old. So she is the reason for this being used in print here in the city. And she's 44. And I'm not saying that's old by any means, but like one might think if you really just didn't know and were thinking about the first time, the first known bachelorette party in the United States that's being held, that's being talked about in the New York Times, you might think it'd be like a younger socialite of the time, like a Paris Hilton. And not to even say the 80s was long ago. And like, you know, I'm talking about the 80s, like it's like the 60s, but it's just interesting. She's 44. Like this woman's got it. Her Gucci suit, her lizard pumps, like she sounds iconic. I bet this party was really fun. The 21 Club, I've read so much about it. It seemed like the coolest place. I wish it still existed today. Let's carry on. So I found this expert on the topic of bachelorette parties. Like she's written a book on it. She's a sociology professor at Penn State Abington. Her name is Beth Montemuro. And she said, like in regards to this article and in regards to bachelorette party hitting press, she said, the naming of bachelorette parties is really important. Until you put a name on it, it doesn't really become institutionalized or part of the wedding routine. It becomes something that people can talk about. And it's not like, oh, are you going out with your friends? But it's are you having a bachelorette party? This is her talking. Sometimes I get flack about the research that I've done because some people look at it as trivial stuff. But I think that the bachelorette party is really this great window to looking at social change and looking at gender roles and seeing that people, women, were standing up for doing something that they wanted to do and actually calling attention to the fact that they had sexual desires. Like even if it's just play, even if it's just, this is me talking now, even if it's just silly and like penis straws and whatever, But even if it's just play, she says, in the form of the bachelorette party, it's still this public recognition of women's sexuality in a way that there wasn't before. Because at the end of the day, your bachelorette party can be whatever you want it to be. I don't even know if I'll end up doing a Vegas sort of thing. Like, I think of myself, I'm like, I don't know if maybe I'll want to just do a girl's trip in Europe or something, like a small group of maybe even just my bridal party and, you know, my sister and like a few friends, or I don't even know what I'll end up doing. It's a celebration of, yeah, I'm getting married and I'm a bride, I'm a woman, and it still matters. (laughs) Like, I'm, it's not just like my husband celebrating or bidding adieu to his flirty times of being able to sleep with whoever, and now he has to commit to me. Like, it's a celebration. It's exciting. I don't know. And I don't want to make this thing, but it's just crazy to me that it's been, like I said earlier, if it was the 40s or 50s and women were gathering at a club to celebrate their last night of freedom before they're married to the same person or like potentially the same person forever, it might have been a totally scandalous affair back then because obviously, like I said, people were expected to be, women were expected to be virgins before they were married. And now that's just not always the case. It's often not the case. It's not the case with me. So it's just, it's great to see how things have evolved. And I don't know, growing up and just thinking about bachelorette parties as a younger girl and like getting excited, I always thought that they've always existed. They've always been a thing. And there's so many movies about it now. And like, there's that one movie I think that came out a few years ago about this bachelorette party where there's a murder of like a male stripper and like, you know, we've gotten to a point where we can do everything that men can do and sometimes better because 
I've seen some really amazing bachelorette parties on social media. And obviously now it's even become this thing where it's there's just so many businesses that have evolved because of it to cater to these women. And it's I don't even know. I'm just very excited. (laughs) It just sounds like an exciting time of life to be in. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be so fun. And I don't know. Sarah's so great because she, if you guys follow her on Instagram, she's even talked about like the non-traditional things she's doing at her wedding. And we're not all wearing matching things, like not to say that that's a bad thing, but we're not doing that. It's just very much just her girlfriends in Vegas celebrating her wedding. Like nothing too crazy. We're just like, you know, I mean, maybe a little bit crazy because it's Vegas, but we're celebrating this friend of ours getting married. It's not so much we're celebrating her last her last month of being single like that's just not even as dramatic as it needs to be anymore it's just like we're celebrating this friend and it's cool and like i said i'm just graduating to a different point of life where a lot of my friends are getting married and we're celebrating that and it's interesting i think that most of the people going on this bachelorette are either in like serious relationships or are engaged or married already. So it's going to be interesting being the one there that is very, very single and very, very unsure about when she'll be in a serious relationship. It's just interesting. I do think later down the line, I'll probably have more to say about the feelings that one could experience during these things of feeling like a little bit hopelessly single, especially if you're going to a lot of, lot of weddings and witnessing a lot of love. It's almost like, oh shit, I need to get my act together. I got to get on this, you know? But it's not so much about that. Like I said earlier, I'm just focusing on the positive that a friend of mine is getting married and she's marrying a really great guy and I'm very happy for her. And sometimes that's enough. Like you don't have to make it all about you all the time. And it's not a reflection. Like their happiness is not your failure, you know? So I think remembering that is important too. And I'll definitely have more to say as the years tick on, But I'm in no rush, ladies and gentlemen. Let it be known. Yeah, I want to find love. So does everybody. But I'm not in a huge rush to get married. I'm not in a huge rush. Like, there's just so many options for us now. I think that this whole story, if you take anything from it, is that we have so many options now. We can freeze our eggs. I've been seeing more and more, like, ads and women talking about freezing their eggs. And just, like, the timeline isn't as black and white as it once was. It's not as stressful. It's not as scary. It really shouldn't be. We should not feel that because all of our ancestors and women that came before us and had carried so much stress with them and were so unhappy through forcing things to happen in their lives. Like, we should not feel that we have to be pressured into doing things by a certain date or things like that because these women have done so much work for us to feel so free and liberated to act on our own timelines. So we need to we need to remember that and stay true to ourselves and not feel so pressured to do things by a certain time and whatever. So anyway, guys, those are my thoughts leading up to this bachelorette party. But definitely stay tuned on my Instagram. I'm going to show you guys all of my outfits from this weekend. I'm very excited. I went extra extra because Sarah always goes above and beyond for her outfits. So I'm going to do my best to honor her with my outfits this weekend. So I'm very excited. There will be some martinis consumed, probably quite a few. I hope I feel okay on Monday, but I'm pumped at the end of the day. That's just how I'm feeling right now, guys. So anyway, I hope this prepped and readied you for your bachelorette parties to come or whatever you're gearing up for. If you're getting married or you're going on a bachelorette or you're watching people's unfold on Instagram and you're curious, this was the episode for you. So thank you guys for listening. And I'll be back next week with another episode of Thick and Thin. And as always, I also have another podcast that comes out on Friday mornings called Match Made in Manhattan. We already recorded ours for this week, so I'm going to edit it tonight. It'll be ready to go Friday morning. And I will talk to you guys all in my next episode. 
Bye. Salon and the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store.